Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Read More Podcast, the show that brings readers and writers together. I'm Marva Hinton. Today I'm talking to Walter Mosley. His latest book, The Awkward Black Man, a short story collection, was published in September. The collection looks at black men who are maybe a little nerdy, don't always fit in at work or in their families, and they tend not to know how to act in social situations. Walter is known for writing in many different genres. He's written more than 60 books. He's also written plays and written for TV. He's received many awards through his long career, which started in 1990 with the publication of Devil in a Blue Dress, the first book in his best-selling Easy Rawlings mystery series. Later on this month, he'll be appearing in the all-virtual Miami Book Fair. Walter, thank you so much for coming on Read More. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. How have you been making it through the quarantine, you know, dealing with the pandemic? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that, you know, for most people, the pandemic is, um, I, I think it's it's a, a, a magnificent deviation from life, the life that people lead. You know, the idea is, well, you're going to stay home, you're not going to be talking to people, you're not going to be going places, you're going to be wearing masks, all this, all this stuff, you know, is different uh, than what most people are used to. And, you know, to some degree, it's different for me. But, you know, I'm a writer. I'm usually at home writing by myself. <laughs> and so uh, I, I find I find it actually, it, it, it's wonderful in a way. It returns me to a place that, you know, I like being. So uh, I'm doing great with it. Do you feel like you've written more during this time? No, not really more. You know, just I'm living the life that I live. You know, this is, and it's, it's great. Now, I was working in a writer's room, a, a television you know, writer's room, uh, working on the show Snowfall with, uh, you know, the Don, it was a John Singleton program. It's on FX. It's been on for four or five years now. But, uh, that aside, you know, like, and so we're working there, you know, that's, you know, uh, five days a week, uh, eight hours a day. That's a very different thing. And then, so then when the, uh, the pandemic hit, I was home and, you know, I'm unhappy about the pandemic, about, you know, how people getting sick, people dying, uh, people, you know, uh, uh, losing money in their lives, all that stuff is, is terrible. Uh, but for me, uh, being home was a wonderful thing I could write. I could uh, think I can do work with stories and other kind of screenplays and novels. And I do a little bit of drawing. I could do some of that. I was, was kind of enjoying that, you know, and, you know, if America was a different place and if capitalism was a different beast, I think that most people could get something out of it though. So, you know, it's hard, you know, when, you know, the time runs out on the government saying you can't keep people out of their houses or, People aren't making enough money and businesses, you know, especially small businesses that are going out of business. All of that is, uh, is terrible, but it, it's terrible in, in my social political uh, life. My personal life, it's I'm sitting home, I'm writing, it's really good. Well, let's jump into talking about The Awkward Black Man. You dedicate this book to Toni Morrison. What did she mean to you as a fellow writer? I really like Tony. Tony and I, we, we had fun together, and and, and we, we 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 told each other jokes, and we uh, we just it was just it was just a 
it was that kind of relationship. It's not like we were best friends or anything like that. I want you know, say, but but we knew who each other was. We saw each other at various places. We sat on a couple of boards together, and um, you know, she's a really important writer uh, who. Uh, raised a lot of the uh, African-American experience uh, in America in the late 20th century up to a level of the international. And I, and, and she did that and she did it with, with poise and with elegance and, and she was a wonderful person and a wonderful writer. So I wanted to, you know, I know she had just died and I wanted to, you know, just to say, you know, Hey, Tony. Uh, and that's why. I dedicated it to her. Recently, the National Book Foundation announced that you would be receiving the 2020 Medal for Distinguished Contribution to American Letters. Congratulations on that. Thank what you. did you think when you first heard? Um, well, I was surprised, you know. Um, I was surprised because you know, me in the literary world is an interesting world. I consider myself a literary writer, don't get me wrong. But um, literary writing and um, popular writing uh, by uh, people who, you know, who are dominated mostly by the universities, is, is they think they're different. My understanding of literary writing, when you go through it through history, when you go to Shakespeare and Mark Twain and, and Charles Dickens and Homer, all throughout history, what we now call um, literary writing was at one time popular writing, and it, you know it seems like the you know the the the, the powers that be that understand that don't understand, <laughs> and and uh, so. I kind of never expected to get this particular award. Now it started out there, where yeah, I just didn't expect to get it because of of the you know the issues of you know literary writers and literary writing. You know, I, if I was just about to die, uh, I would understand them giving it to me. But you know, because I'm not just about to die. Um, but then another thing came up, you know, it, which you know I didn't realize at first. But that no um, black man has ever gotten this medal, this award, which is a whole other kettle of fish, right? So, I went, well, why not? It, you know, there's a lot of you know, there's oh, there are a lot of writers who could have gotten it. Amiri Baraka, probably one of our greatest geniuses, uh, Ralph Ellison. <laughs> There's these major, major, major black writers, the maybe fifty of them, who were who could have easily gotten it, but no, none of them ever did. Uh, and so that was a, another thing. I went, wow. So I'm the first, and, I, and not necessarily. I, I don't even know if I would be my first choice for the award, but you know, I think I, I deserve it. But I think there are other people who also deserve it, and. Um, so that was a that was a big moment for me to just to think about that and to to wonder about that and to say wow America has changed so it's not a it's not a criticism it's more me saying wow America has changed and I happen to be you know at the crest on the crest of that wave um, you know 
Well, it's definitely well-deserved. So, again, congratulations on getting that. Well, thank you. So many of the men you write about in The Awkward Black Man are incredibly smart, but they're also tortured individuals. A lot of them are stuck in dead-end jobs, and they struggle to maintain relationships. These guys also defy a lot of stereotypes, though, that that are out there about black men. You know, black men aren't often seen as the smartest guy in class, the one who's giving the answers and helping other people out. Why did you want to write about men like this? Well, I think it's important for me, you know, Walter Mosley, to be to be talking about um, the the characters. Uh, you know, from the, you know, sub subtopics, black male genre uh, to be not just be, you know, Shaft, not just be the butler, not just be, uh, you know, the best friend, not just be the caddy, you know, on the golf you know field, you know, like the like golf course. I, that the man is, is, is a much deeper man. The man is a is a guy like any other person in this world who's trying to uh, deal with his own personal kind of you know, strange issues. Uh, you know, it's it, it's like I want to make black men the subject of literature, not simply the the, the, the subject of the titillating and and you know exciting or uh, just or not to be the person that well that's what black people are. They you know they're our servants. Um, and so that was was very important to me to to do that with 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 these characters. A lot of the men in the stories um, are also getting older, and they're dealing with health issues, both physical and mental, and they're starting to think about their own mortality. What is it that fascinates you about writing about this stage of life? Well, I mean, you just think about it. Everybody else writes about that. Everybody else writes about uh, uh, black black men and women. You know, uh, black women especially, or white people, or or, or Asians, or what, whoever, uh, coming to you know different parts of their lives, whether they're dealing with uh, uh, dementia or whether they're dealing with um, not you know being uh, respected in their jobs or in their uh, relationships or by their children. There, there's a lot of people in the world uh, who who face these problems, and as a rule, black men aren't aren't added into that into that equation. And I just wanted to, you know to write a book where yeah, they, these guys are you know these these guys are having these problems. So, you know, I start off with a a guy who's been overweight his whole life, and he's finally losing weight, and he's really happy. And he said, the good thing is I'm losing weight. And then you turn the page and say, the, the bad thing was I had cancer. You know, <laughs> but the good thing was, um, I you know, and 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 that's kind of you know, there that's a, a a kind of an issue that I'm I'm not it's not unique to black men, uh, but they go through that experience, and so at some point or another, you want to talk about that. A, a lot of it, some of it is about uh, the book is about you know uh, political issues, etc. But most of it is about everyday life uh, that uh, these main characters go through, and these main characters happen to be black men. You've written so many books, and yet you still um, you still write short stories. You keep returning to them. 
what is it that draws you to the short story, and why did you want to put out a collection now? Well, I was out in in L.A. working on the show, uh, the, the show, uh, Snowfall, you know, John Singleton's show, and um, and I like working on it. But you know, writers' room, you get up every day, you go to work, you work at least eight hours in the writers' room with a whole bunch of other writers talking about writing. And talking about writing is fun, but it's not writing. It's talking about writing. And so I, I wanted to, to, to get to a place where uh, I, was not, I, wasn't, I wasn't just, you know, talking about writing. You know, I was uh, writing. So I, I started waking up in the morning, and, and I didn't want to start a novel or anything. You know, that, that, was a, that would have been a big investment. Uh, and so I said, well, I'm going to start writing short stories in the morning. And and I wrote a few, and and all of them are in this collection. And and after a while, I started looking at all the other stories I've written over the last thirty years. And you know, there's a lot of them, forty, fifty, something like that. And I started to say, well, this would be really good. And I said, so what am I talking about right now? And I realized that I was talking about the awkward black man. I mean, you know, the the guy who doesn't usually, you know, uh, have a place in American letters or in film. And that's where, you know, I came from and that's what I was doing. My favorite story in the collection was Showdown on the Hudson. Ah, Me too. Really? You know, I was going to ask you if you had a favorite, but so many times writers say no, but I wasn't even going to ask you that. But um, no, that's my favorite. I, I mean, I love that story. You know, I mean, my father's from Texas, and my father, you know, when I asked my father, I said, well, what are you? He said, well, what the, I'm from Texas. I'm a cowboy. You know, <laughs> I just loved it that he said that to me, you know, because it sounded so weird. And um, and that's what I was trying to do there. But anyway, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say I, I absolutely love that story, and I love the character of Billy, who is a boy from Texas who – moves to New York City when his mom relocates and he you know, he becomes a popular kid and everybody just loves him and he it but the story is told from the perspective of his tutor, Felix, who is an awkward black teenager. You know, he's a the really right. you know, smart kid and doesn't want to do anything to get in trouble and, and of course Billy takes him on these adventures and he starts to, you know, live a little. Um what was it that you, you just mentioned your dad, so maybe your dad was the inspiration or just the fact that he was from Texas. But I was kind of wondering, you know, what led you to write that story? Well, I've, I've always wanted to write a Western. You know, I like writing every genre. I mean, if, if there's a genre, I write in it. Uh, not all of them, but most of them. And so um, I, I had such a, a, a wonderful moment, a thought that I could write about this uh, Texan, like a Western, in New York on the Upper West Side, right? And I went, oh my God, this is, that's, that's, it's perfect. And he's a, he's a kind of a gunslinger, but not really. He believes uh, in, in, in all the rules that the cowboy lives by. He believes by freedom, by uh, like absolute democracy, which is you know, exhibited by respect. Uh, he, he, he loves everybody. You know, when he's walking down the street with his, his friend, uh, the police, uh, stop them. The friend's scared to death. And he said, oh, Officer Jones, said, have you learned how to uh, do the, the, the march step with your horse now? Because he's teaching the police how to ride horses because he knows everything about horses. Um, 
it, it's a it's a thing that you know you kind of say yeah that there's there's people like that in our world there's there's black men black women out there in the world who just know stuff it doesn't have anything to do with them being black but they are black and they do know these things you know and 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 for him it was just wonderful and and in the story i mean i won't go you know try to give it away but in the story uh in his own estimation he's made a mistake and with with inside that mistake he um he feels that he's he he has to uh make up for he has to repent for something he's done wrong nobody else thinks he made a mistake everybody else including the reader will think why oh, he did the right thing but um he's a cowboy and a cowboy has a code and he and he failed the cowboy code Well, when you create a character like Billy and you have a story like that, Showdown on the Hudson, do you ever think about, I don't know, turning this story, like this story might make a good movie or anything like that, or is that just not how you're only thinking about this story on the page? When I'm writing it, I'm just thinking about the story on the page. Afterwards, if somebody wants to make a movie out of it, they come to me and say, well, Walter, this would be a great movie. Let's make a movie. I say, okay, I'll, you know, fine, let's do it, you know, and Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, I, you know, and that's fine. You know, I think the literary uh, aspect of, of, of our, you know, our cultural intake is so important. Uh, and films are fine, but a, as a rule, they're not uh, deep philosophical movers. People see movies, they impact them, depending on their age, it might be deeply, it might not be so deep. Uh, and, and that's all good and well. I mean, I, I just a few films and television shows in my life that I think have, you know, had big impact on me. But novels are really interesting because a novel is not seeing something that a person has designed for you to understand. It's a book that's been written that you have to uh, describe in your own, to yourself in your own mind. And so the book is, you know, the most important thing to me. And, you know, when I write the book, I write the story, I, you know, I expect, you know, I, I give it out and, and that's what's most important for me. Well, let's talk about what you like reading now. Are you the type of person who rereads a lot? Do you have... Well, re reading is rereading. People come to me and say, well, I, I just read, you know... Uh, of War and Peace. I went, oh, wow, that's great. I said, how many times you read it? And I go, once. And I go, well, you haven't read it yet. You know, Tolstoy, he put a lot of work into that book. It means much more than a single reading will give you. Uh, you know, I always say that, you know. And, and, and you know, in, in history, you know, if you go back to the 15th century, 16th century, um, there weren't that many important books. Maybe maybe a thousand, probably not, probably five hundred. In your life back then, you could read those books over and over and over again. Now we have a million books published every year. You're never going to read that many books ever in your life. Uh, so there's a kind of a rush set up trying to catch up with all this stuff. But you know that's you know that's not that's not completely reading, you know because. And you learn it more from poetry. You don't read a poem once or you know twice. You you read it many times in order to try to understand what it's about. 
example, do you have books that you would uh, say you enjoy rereading the most? Uh, well, you so know, there are books that I – I'm, I'm not sure that enjoyment is, is, it should be the reason, though there are books that I enjoy. You know, I, I love uh, 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 100 Years of Solitude. I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great book, and every time I read it, I see something different. Uh, Camus' The Stranger, for a long time, was that kind of book for me. The Simple Tales of, of Langston Hughes, I think an extreme, extraordinarily important. Uh, and, and, you know, come from a place that most black writing hasn't come from. Um, you know, there are books that I read, you know, there are science fiction books I read again and again. Roger Zelazny and The Lord of Light. I mean, I, I love that book. You know, I just, I love reading it. It doesn't matter how many times I read it. But, you know, there, yes, reading is rereading. Just as writing is rewriting. What about books kind of on the opposite side of that? Are you the type of person who will start a book and then if you don't like it, stop and pick up something else? Or do you Absolutely. always go through? No, no, no question. I, if, a book, if I don't like a book, if I'm not enjoying that book, if I, if I, it doesn't mean anything to me, I stop reading it. Why should I be reading it? You know, I mean, you know, I mean, I guess it could be, you know, I have to read it for, uh, you know, a discussion that's going to happen or, class that I'm going to be in or class that I'm teaching, you know, uh, all that could happen. But um, all things, you know, aside, you know, somebody says this is a great book, you know, like, you know, I, I have no interest in Nathaniel Hawthorne. None. I mean, it's just, you know, Scarlet Letter, all that stuff. I don't like it. I'm not trying to say it's bad. I'm just saying I don't like it. Uh, so I'm not reading it. <laughs> it's just, you But know, you avoided okay. that at school? Huh? What? You avoid you avoided that in school. Yeah, sure. I didn't. I didn't just didn't like it. I mean, I'm reading it and going, "Well, this is terrible." You know. I mean, I just and and really and later on in life, I realized it was terrible. I mean, the two major major writers at that time were Hawthorne, who everybody loved, and Herman Melville, who everybody nobody loved. I mean, nobody loved Herman Melville. Uh, but Herman Melville understood that the world was not just a certain class and culture and gender in northern New England. He understood that there was an entire world, you know, from Africa to Asia to the South Pacific to South America to, you know, everywhere these people came from. And and he wrote Moby Dick. When he wrote Moby Dick, I mean, my God, it was everything, everyone. And, and 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 the 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 you know the 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 capitalism that ran that, and 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 the and the idea of of internationalism that that came out of that. He was an extraordinary writer, you know. I mean, Herman uh, 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 um, Nathaniel Hawthorne. He wrote about you know New England, Boston at a time when slavery was centered there, and there wasn't a slave in the book. I, I, you know, it was just, and, you know, I think I even understand that, understood that when I was in, in uh, high school. And I'm saying, what is this play? What what am I reading about? What is this? Do you believe in this? And the teacher said, well, this is a great writing. I said, well, not to me. I, I don't, I'm not in here. You know, and I thought it was just me personally, but it was more than just me personally. Well, when it comes to a book, how much time do you give it? Do you say, well, I'm going to read 
five chapters or you just whenever you feel like it's just not working you stop yeah i mean really and honestly you know the older i get i think when you're young you, you want to finish books you know and you feel like there's all the time in the world uh there's no there's no end point in sight uh when you get older you say well i, I can't i'm not gonna waste my time reading something i don't like that's not well written and believe me the the most important thing is something to be well written. I just started reading, and I love um, uh, Walter Isaacson's uh, biography of uh, Leonardo da Vinci. And I love da Vinci. I think he's extraordinary. But at the same time, Walter Isaacson is such a good writer. I, it, really, just the way he puts together the sections, the sentences, the paragraphs, I'm like, this is great. I'm I'm learning reading Isaacson. COVID-19 has forced all of us into quarantine, like we talked about earlier. If you could pick any writer, living or dead, to ride out this pandemic with, who would you choose oh and why? Wow. I don't know who I would choose. I mean, you know, it's it, it just, you know, that it, it's, it's too much. I mean, Albert Camus wrote, uh, the novel The Plague, uh, which is a wonderful novel. And it, it's comparing, you know, the, the conflagration of the wars uh, in Europe with the, with the Black Plague, you know, which is in many ways even worse. Um, but the pandemic isn't that exactly. The pandemic is, you know, you might get sick and depending on, you know, uh, what your physical condition is and, and what your age is, you might die. Uh, but probably you're not. You know, you're going to live on and you're going to get this disease and you're going to survive. And But what it's done is it's impacted uh, an entire culture where people are have had a, a strong reaction at an interesting moment. You know, this is a moment in time where you don't have to, most people don't have, many people don't have to go to work. They can work in their house. They can be on their computer. They can be on their telephone. Um, and so I, I think I'd, I'd probably go back, you know, to the kind of Brat Pack uh, uh, maybe 25, 30 years ago uh, and find one of those writers to, you know, to talk about uh, the interesting and elastic social connections that 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 formed uh uh during during the uh pandemic have you already started working on something new i am always working on things new i'm writing a a a, a, a television show about uh uh the um a book of mine uh the last days of ptolemy gray uh, I'm trying to work out doing a, a television series of, uh, you know, a mini series about uh, Louis Armstrong. Uh, I'm, I'm going to write a, a a new novel about a, a, you know, a character of mine called King. Um, and you know, I'm I'm always I'm always writing. It's not, there's no there's no end to writing. I write every day. I write every morning, and. Uh, if there's nothing to write, then, then I start writing something new. Well, Walter, best of luck with all of that. And again, thank you so much for coming on Read More to talk about your work. 
Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed the conversation. You can catch Walter Mosley in a few weeks in the first virtual Miami Book Fair. You can go to the fair's new website, miamibookfaironline.com, to learn more about it. You can also find out how to win a free copy of The Awkward Black Man on our website, readmorepodcast.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also support Walter and the show through buying the book on our site. You can follow us on Twitter at Read More Podcasts and like us on Facebook. Join us again next week for another edition of the show that brings readers and writers together. Until then, I'm Marva Hinton reminding you to read more.